0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. Go ahead and take a seat. What a great time of worship for us to join together. So exciting. We are on a journey, church, and it's been an awesome journey. We began December 1st. And we said, we're going to read the Gospel of Luke, 24 chapters in Luke. We're going to read a chapter each day as we go along so that when we get here, if you can believe it, in seven days, we'll be in this very room holding candlelights. It's Christmas Eve is what it will be here in seven days. So we decided we were going to do the book of Luke and journey along so we have done Uh, December 1st, Luke chapter 1, which I should have warned you was 80 verses, probably lost a lot of you on that one, but then we came back, hopefully Luke 2, Luke 3, and then today, Luke 17 is where we are. So if you haven't been on that journey, jump in with us, we'd love to have you. Hey, a little bit of Luke's better than no Luke, right? So jump in for these next eight days or seven days to be able to jump in and to have a good time with that. Then we've been doing Salvation Has Come, our churchwide devotional, which has been great, and that's been fun. I've, I've gotten a lot of encouragement on that. And what's been neat, even just this very day, my wife got a text from a friend, and this is where they've got their Salvation Has Come. Let me show you. Right there in Times Square. How about that? Isn't that Cool. So that's been fun being able to see that go all over the place and people reading it. And hopefully it's been a blessing to you. It goes along with each day of December to December 24th. Then we got December 25th, wrote an extra devotional uh, on that one. So that's great. So if you don't have that, pick that up. We'd love to be able to have you do that. But we've been on a journey. And now here we are at Luke chapter 17, which is going to be great. And next week on Sunday, it'll be Luke chapter 24 on Christmas Eve, and it'll be an awesome, awesome time together. So if you got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 5 is where we'll be um, in Luke chapter 17. We're only going to do two verses. Typically, I try to do like 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 verses in a message, and we're here all day. So two verses, I think we can do it. We can nail it, which would be great to be able to do that. Let me ask you a question. If you were to get one present this Christmas, what would be the one thing you would want? you can just get one thing. What would be the one thing you want? Well, in thinking about that, I had a time in which I got one present, and I was actually not excited about it. I was super disappointed because I was about eight years old, and I was, I'm an only child, okay? And at that time, on my dad's side, I was the only grandchild in the family at Christmas. So only child and only grandchild. So I was with my mom's family, and then I went to my dad's family, and I was headed into this only grandchild, only child moment. So on the count of three, can you say, spoiled rotten? One, two, three. There you go. You got it. So I come into my my granny and pop's house. That's what I called them. Crowley, Louisiana. Good gumbo, good boudin, good everything, right? They got better food in a gas station in, in Louisiana than they do in most states at a restaurant. So, I mean, it's awesome, great. I show up and I get there and they're like, here's time to open the presents. And, you know, as an eight-year-old, you've been waiting all day for this. Why do we have to eat all this food? Why we got to talk? We don't want to visit. Let's open presents. Let's get to it. So we go and we walk into the living room and there it is. They said, here's your present. And there's one present under the tree. And I'm like, wah, wah, wah. Because I you know, it's one present if you're sixteen, and it's like, a car, yay, that's great. But one present when you're eight, it's like, eh, well, this isn't very good. And they were tricking me, and then finally I went, okay, well, that that's okay. And then they pulled out the whole hall. Here it was. And slid over just boxes upon boxes, and I was back to only child, only grandchild status in the room at that point. It just started tearing through it. I'd open five, somebody else would open one. I opened five. I mean, it's just full tilt. But that one present was a real disappointment because I wanted a stack of presents. I submit to you today that God has a present for you. And that if you can get one thing, this one thing today, this will change everything else. It will be the greatest thing that as you say, I want this, I need this, this is the one gift I want. This is the one thing I want from God. And it's this, that he would increase our faith. If you would get the present of God increasing your faith, of you seeking a faith increase, that's gonna help you in college, that's gonna help you in singlehood, that's gonna help you in marriage, that's gonna help you in work, it's gonna help you in retirement, it's gonna help you in grief, it's gonna help you every place to get that one gift. And that's what the disciples are gonna ask for. They're gonna ask Jesus for something and they're gonna say, Lord, will you increase our faith? Look at verse five and verse six and let's just see if this isn't better than anything else we could ever get. Verse five. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So here's your first point. More stuff leads to accumulation. More faith leads to appreciation. More stuff is accumulation. You're going to get a new shirt. You're going to get a new sweater. And I bet you in two or three years, you're going to not know where that new sweater is. It's going to be a little bit ragged. It's going to be whatever it is. You're going to get new electronics and they're going to be aged out really quick. You're going to get a new game, new toy. It's going to be broken. It's going to need batteries. But if you get more faith, That'll help you in 2024, 2025, 2026, and on it goes. So he says, I want, the disciples say, I want more faith, increase our faith. I want you to say those three words with me. Count of three, increase our faith. One, two, three, increase our faith. One more time, increase our faith. You get that present under the tree. You get an increase of faith and everything changes. More stuff is just more accumulation. If I was to ask for you to raise your hands of how many of you need to clean out a drawer in your house, a closet in your house, the garage in your house, everybody, ladies, your purse, so I hear, everybody would raise their hands. We accumulate more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. When faith is not an accumulation, it's an appreciation. Here's the way that that I want to put it to you is this think about your pleases and your thank yous with the Lord. We do a whole lot of pleases. Lord, please do this. Please do that. Please move in this way. Please, 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 please. And it's great. But you get about the thank yous and your thank yous will inform your pleases. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for how you're moving. Thank you, Lord, that I have a relationship with you. Thank you, God, that there's a Bible I can read. Thank you, Lord, that I can go to a church. Thank you, Lord, that I'm free in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm free in my country. Then that comes back and that informs the pleases are informed by the thank yous. We would say it like this in another way, count your blessings. And whenever you realize the thank yous you have in your life, it brings you back down to the pleases. So now watch, your pleases have more faith because you understand the thank yous. I've seen God move in that way. I've seen him do this. So Lord, please move in that way. And thank you that I've seen you do it before. And I'm going to trust you to be able to do that. You go further into Luke chapter 17, and you end up with 10 lepers that have been healed by Jesus and nine of them run away. They're grateful, but they don't come back. One of them comes back and thanks Jesus. He says, where are the other nine? One. Gratitude is a commodity that is scarce, isn't it? Students, I've told you this before. You say, please. You say, thank you. You say, yes, ma'am. You say, no, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All that. You say, please, thank you. And yes, ma'am. No, sir. And let me tell you what, you're going to show honor to people in an amazing way. And it's going to open up opportunities for you. There's never a time that politeness is not good. So we learn our pleases and we learn our thank yous and our thank yous with God inform our pleases with God because it increases our faith just as the lepers further on the chapter had this. Now, let me give you a little bit of context here. Verses one through four are talking about forgiveness. And when the disciples hear forgiveness to forgive other people, they at that moment go, increase my faith. The forgiveness that is needed to give to somebody requires the faith that happens in Jesus Christ to be able to give that, because you got to trust God that he's given you more than they took from you. And so we say, thank you, Lord, and our thank yous inform our pleases because we have to live by faith. Hebrews 11 is the hall of fame of faith. Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. Hebrews eleven six six says, now without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the one who draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we need an increase of faith. If we're gonna please God, then we've got to be able to walk by faith. And if you're a believer in Christ, your deepest desire is to please God. And so walking by faith in that. Now, here's what's interesting. This Greek word for increase, it's the word from we get prosthetic. So think of a soldier that goes to war and loses maybe a part of his arm or part of his leg, or she loses part of her arm or part of her leg. So the prosthetic would be that, that arm that would be placed and put on. So now there's a completeness. So he's saying, I want you to give a prosthetic to my faith. I want you to give an increase to my faith. Here's the point I want to get you. Some of your faith, some of our faith, it's happened to me too. We lose things in the war of life. And things go bad and things go hard. And when they go hard and they go difficult, we end up in that moment where like, Lord, I I lost a limb in that war. They hurt me at that church. They hurt me in that moment. Why did you let that happen, God? Why did the doctor say that? Why did it turn out like that? Why did the tragedy take place? And we end up with a limb being gone in the war of this thing called life. And we have to say, God, increase my faith that even you're gonna use that, God. You're gonna give me, if you will, a prosthetic. You're gonna add on, you're gonna increase. You're gonna bring me to a place that it's usable. God, do this. We need faith and it's sandwiched this faith place of faith is sandwiched between forgiveness in chapter 17 and gratitude in chapter 17. And right in the middle of it is faith. Increase my faith and allow God to do a work in your heart and in my heart that we're able to say, Lord, increase our faith so we can forgive, so we can have the thank yous informing our pleases. So let me ask you this. I want you to take your, your listening guide, if you will. Everybody grab this and then just... Everybody raise it up. I want to see that you got it. I want you to commit that you got it. All right, we got it here. It worked. Had in your mouth, the door worked. I want you to look right there. I've got a list for you there to ask you this question. Where in your life do you need increased faith? And I've listed out, we've listed out, you know, what, 20 things, maybe, something like that, 15, 20 things. And we've done this over the years, and we did it for a couple months, and we did it last week. We did our 60 seconds of silence. we at the busyness of life. It's taking 60 seconds. For the extroverts, it feels like 10 minutes. For the introverts, they're like, why does anybody have to talk ever? Why can't we just sit, you know, in silence in this moment? So we're gonna take 60 seconds, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick, and I want you to pray. Pick which one, or ones, numerous, where you need a faith increase. And then I want you to pray about it. And we're going to take that 60 seconds for you to pick that out and to pray about that. And then we'll join back together, 60 seconds, starting right now. Okay. I gave you 70 seconds, class, because you're so intent on it. Way to go. Take this home with you. Think about this. This is a very important question. Where do you need more faith? And identify it and take it to the Lord and say, God, increase my faith in my marriage. Increase my faith in my singlehood. Increase my faith in my workplace Because if we don't do that, sometimes we'll think it's always going to be the way it is right now. And God wants to do something more. He wants to do. Now, how much faith do we need? He says, if you have faith, look, if you will, in verse 5 and 6, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. That's what we've been talking about. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, The Lord said, you can take this mulberry tree, say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. What about a mustard seed? How big is a mustard seed? I have a little bottle. Somebody gave me a little bitty bottle. There's one mustard seed in this bottle and you can't even see the thing in this little bitty bottle. This one little mustard seed, it's very, very small. All we need is a mustard seed of faith. You don't have to have huge faith just a little mustard seed of faith. Now, let me give you a comparison that you can see on the screen a little bit better. Let me compare a mustard seed with a penny. This is how big a mustard seed is. Little bitty, just that moment of faith to say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm gonna step out and trust you to become a Christian, to know Jesus as your savior. You don't have to understand the book of Revelation. You just step out in faith and say, God, I know that I sinned and I need a savior and I believe you're that savior. just a seed God in your marriage, just just a seed, just a seed, Lord, a mustard seed of faith, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting you with my friendships. I'm trusting you with with who you are and how you can do this in my life. I'm trusting you in the workplace, I'm trusting you with my bank account, I'm trusting you with my debt, God. I need a seed of faith. Would you increase my faith? I don't have enough of my own to forgive. And I don't have enough on my own to really be grateful to the thank yous. I got a whole lot of pleases. But God, in the midst of that, would you increase? Something's been taken off in the war and I need you, God, to put it back. And I just need a little bit. I just need a little bit. Now, let me tell you about a mustard seed. A mustard seed can develop in dry climates. Have you ever been through a drought in your faith? If you haven't, you haven't been walking with the Lord very long. Because you will hit some dry times in your faith that you preach the word in and out of season. You stay true, even though you don't feel like it anymore. You trust in the truth over the feelings. You trust in the facts over the feelings. It can develop in dry climates. This mustard seed can grow. It can be drought Tolerant, meaning that there could be a drought and he could still, the mustard seed can still be grown by the Lord. It could thrive in clay or sandy soil, in arid temperatures, in cool and wet climates as well. Think about where this Bible's written. It's written in the Middle East. And so this dry climate, he says, take this. And if you take a mustard seed and it grows into a tree that's big enough for, for, uh, for birds to nest in, if you cut it off at the root, it'll grow back. Your faith can come back. If you feel like your faith has been cut off, let it grow back. And the Lord, ask God to increase your faith. And over time, that will grow back to be a tree that is there. It produces mustard, obviously, but it also produces edible salts. People in the old days would use the branches and the leaves for toothbrushes and for dental care, of, of uh, alleviating toothaches and tooth decay. So it was an amazing just tulip. of all this stuff, of the mustard seed, this small little thing, small little thing. If you don't have a lot of faith. That's great. It's perfect for God to use. Here's our next point. Lord, increase our faith both in quality and quantity. So what are we wanting God to do? When we ask this question, Lord, increase our faith, we're wanting two things. Number one, we want him to increase it in quality and we want him to increase it in quantity. We wanna have big faith, we wanna have a lot of faith. Now here's the deal. Let's talk about quality first. Quality is not your willpower, it's not your church attendance, it's not all these sort of things, those are all great. It's not all that stuff. Quality is based upon, watch, the object of your faith. The quality of your faith is based on the object of your faith. So let's take this illustration. If we were to go to Michigan, Wisconsin, someplace like that, we're all show up as a bunch of Texans and we've got all all our thermal stuff on, we're ready to go. They said, hey, we want you to walk out on that lake that is an icy lake. I would go you sure? I never walked out on an icy lake before. And I would be like, is this ice going to hold me? Is it going to be thin? Is it going to be thick enough? What's the deal? I would be nervous about it, not because of my ability to walk, but because of the depth of the ice. I would be stepping out on thin ice, so to speak, and be worried about that. Now, all of us show up and we go and we say, hey, let's go to lunch after church. Let's go to the Galleria. And we all walk out onto the Galleria ice rink. And we walk out there. We just like, I mean, we may slip and fall. We're going to be careful. But we're going to walk out there because we know there's no lake underneath the Galleria right? The next thing under ice is concrete, I guess, is what's happening, or, or frozen equipment. I don't know what all that is, but it's going to be fine. You're not going to fall through the ice at the Galleria. What's the difference? Both are ice. One of them, the quality of your faith is in the object of the faith, and you trust in that. See it? Now here's what's good news. Your faith and my faith is based on Jesus Christ, the savior of the world prophesied throughout the whole Old Testament born of a virgin. That was prophesied. Born in the city of Bethlehem. Couldn't control it, but he was born there. And it was prophesied for that. Lived a sinless life. Never did anything wrong. Died on a cross. Prophesied in Psalm 22. Before the Romans had even invented crucifixion, the prophecy was there that he would be pierced for our transgressions. So he's pierced. He's buried in a borrowed tomb. Prophesied as well. So that then he could rise again from the grave. Then he, hundreds of people could see him. He could then into to heaven so that when we, in a seat of faith, say, God, save my soul, the Holy Spirit could be in your heart. And then when Christ returns, that's the only thing we're waiting on biblically, our faith becomes sight in its reality. Why? Because you're such a great Christian. Because you're amazing. You love reading. You haven't missed a day of Luke yet. Because the object of your faith and my faith is the prophesied Son of God, the eternal one, the Alpha and Omega. Do you see it? So we don't step out on thin ice. We step out on the quality. We, the old illustration of, I'm gonna put my weight in the chair and I'm gonna trust my entire body to the weight of the chair, in the weight of the chair, to be able to say, Jesus, I trust you with everything. You're not a rickety chair. You're not thin ice. The quality is there. And the quality, as we get to know the quality of who he is, increases the quantity. Because now I say, you are a mighty God. You are the Prince of Peace. You're the Everlasting Father. You're Emmanuel, God with us. You're the Alpha. You're the Omega. You're the one that parts the Red Sea. You're the one that brings manna in the moment. You do your work, God. And so I'm gonna trust in you in both the quality and quantity of our faith. Listen to this, what Timothy Keller said about the quality of our faith. He said, it's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. So you come with a mustard seed to Jesus and you'll be saved. You come with a whole back truckload to wealth and you won't. See it? It's different. You and I bring our mustard seed of faith in the midst of forgiveness. How am I going to forgive? They've wronged me. Lord, increase my faith. I want to be the leper that comes back and thanks you. And I want to walk with the pleases and the thank yous in the midst of the gratitude and in the midst of the faith-growing aspect. And then he says, you'll have a mulberry tree you can move. Now, let me explain the mulberry tree and then we'll stop our horticulture lesson, okay, here for a while. A mulberry tree has roots that go really, really deep means it's really hard. When they heard, you're gonna uproot a mulberry tree, they went, a mulberry tree? you serious? No way. It goes deep, deep down in its roots and they can last hundreds of years, like 600 years they can stay rooted. The oldest mulberry tree that we know of in the world right now is one outside of London and it was planted in 1548. That means it predates our country by like, 200 and something years, right? So here we have this mulberry tree that predates the United States of America by 200 years, deep roots. And they hear the smallest thing in, in, in agronomy of a mustard seed can uproot the strongest tree. Jesus says it different in Matthew chapter 17. Do you know this one? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, get up and move and go to the sea. So he says, mountain in one place, a mulberry tree in another place. In this agrarian society, they understood that. Be like you and I saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. I want you to go up and I want you to pray for the Empire State Building to jump into the Hudson River. We get that. Concrete, rebar, we understand. Mulberry trees, we don't. And so he's saying, with your little bitty faith, God can do so Now, he's not trying to make you take this literally. It's not about moving mountains. It's not about moving trees. It's about trusting God to move things in our own hearts and lives. Last point for us is this. Little, little is much when it comes to God. Little is much when it comes to God. So, Lord, increase our faith both in quality and in quantity, but little is much when it comes to God. Let me give you an example. Remember the widow's mites? She gave two little mites, little bitty coins, not even a penny. And he said, you've given more than anybody else because you gave all that you had. Remember the widow in the Old Testament that needed more oil? And so she got the oil and said, the Lord said, look, if you'll trust me, and that oil burned and burned and burned and burned throughout the rest of the time. Remember the little boy with his lunch that there's 5,000 men, not counting women and children, 5,000 that need food. And he said, will you give me your little lunch? And he gives his little lunch and it becomes feeding of the 5,000. Remember the person that allowed him to take the mule so that Jesus could go into Jerusalem and they could cry out, Hosanna, blessed is him who comes in the name of the Lord. Just gave his mule, fulfilled prophecy and the son of God rode into Jerusalem as the one that would die and pay for our sins. How amazing is that when little, just little, just little, do you have a mustard seed? It's a little bit of faith. Give it to God. Trust him. Lord, I don't know. Am I gonna be single forever? I just wanna give this to you. Am I gonna grieve forever? I just wanna give this to you, Lord. Am I gonna feel betrayed forever? I just want to give this to you, Lord. Am I gonna am I gonna never have any friends, Lord? I gotta give this to you, Lord. Am I gonna always live for people's approval? I gotta give this to you, Lord. And when you give that to the Lord, God will take care of it and He will make the difference. He takes little it makes it much. Our church started with like 16 people. And God, through all these years, has done so many great things. We believe. The Christmas song, as we begin to wrap up, written in 1865 by a guy named William, William Chatterton Dix. Sounds like a British man, doesn't it? William Chatterton Dix. He wrote this in 1865, and it's the Christmas song called What Child Is This? made famous by Bing Crosby to be able to sing. It's almost kind of a, an eerie feel to it of this kind of going through a snow at night, you know, forest on the sides. What child is this? And so here's the lyrics thinking about this, little is much with God. What child is this? Small, who laid to rest on Mary's lap. I mean, the baby can fit on Mary's lap. She, sweet little young lady, and on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This little bitty child is Christ the King. Little, much. Haste, haste, bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come peasant, come king, come to him. The King of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. This is Christ. The king. You see it? It's a play. This little bitty baby is the king of all the universe. Now, that song was written, as I told you, by William Chatterton Dix. He was an insurance company manager, not a pastor, not a preacher, not a musician. He was an insurance company manager, and he was given a diagnosis of a critical illness. He had a critical illness as an insurance guy, and he wrote down a poem. And the name of the poem that became the song was this: Here's the little becoming much. The manger throne. Isn't that good? The manger, feeding trough. Feed your, your horse and your cattle. Manger throne. All authority, all power, the manger throne. And then they put it together with a folk song called Green Sleeves, and it became this hymn that is actually more popular in America now than it is in Great Britain. And I just want you to hear God using an insurance guy with a critical illness to see a manger as a throne, and we're still singing it today, 200 plus years later. God can take a mustard seed and he can change everything. When you got more faith, life makes more sense. Eight days till Christmas, let's pursue faith, not stuff. It's better than any card, any clothing, any package, any delivery. Increased faith will mean more to us in the next year than any other time. Nothing will be impossible with God is what the angel said to Mary. For nothing will be impossible with God. So let's wrap this thing up. Luke chapter 17. Faith, increase of faith like a mustard seed. So I just got on to... The web and just ordered mustard seeds. I got this bottle here, mustard seeds, and I started thinking about what would our church look like if you took your mustard seed, I took my mustard seed. We asked God to increase it, just get me a mustard seed, God. All I need is a mustard seed. And we were to just each of us say, you know what, this Christmas, we're just going to pour that out on our city, our church, our nation our families, our world, our hearts, our faith, and we end up with Houston's First Baptist Church just looks like a little bitty glass filled with mustard seed. What could God do in your life and in my life if you trusted Him with friendships, if you trusted Him with your chapter of life, if you trusted Him with your faith, with salvation? Just A little mustard seed is all you need. After the first service, one guy came up to me and said, you don't know this, Pastor, but you might not know this, but that's actually a pod, these little things, and inside them are numerous more mustard seeds. They say that a mustard seed or mustard tree will have a half a million mustard seeds in one tree. Take your seed. Take it to the manger throne and say, Lord, I don't have much, but I bring you my thank yous. I bring you my pleases. Let it inform my forgiveness, my hurt, because I lost a limb in this one, Lord, and I need you to increase my faith. From that, I'll be like a leper at the end to say, thank you, God. I might be only one out of 10, but I'm going to say, thank you, God. What will happen in your life is this. You'll realize that one gift, just one, of faith is better than any other you could have. And the gift's not under the tree, the gift is on the tree. And it's the crucified Christ resurrected to have your mustard seed of faith that you can come to know him as Savior and he can live in your heart. And here's what happens, Box. I'm going to wrap it up. You get that one seed of faith, that one present, that one gift of faith, you know what'll happen? As you unwrap that, you'll see God just pushing over piles of gifts. So you got a spiritual gift. You've got me as a prince of peace. you got me in your life. I've got so many things for you, but it's all going to come by faith. It's the key that unlocks everything else. And you'll just go, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, please, please, thank you, please, thank you, please. And that tree will grow in your heart. And it'll be big enough, it tells us in the Bible, for then birds of the air to make a nest in. You'll actually leave a legacy by your faith. Walk by faith. What's your one thing that you need him to touch? Father, we come in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would just help us, Lord. Increase our faith. We need it. We need it, God. So this Christmas, we're not looking for more stuff. We're looking for more faith, for that is eternal. And that'll help us make it through the driest, most drought-filled times we'll ever experience. I want you to pray something, church. We've said three words together. I want you to say four. Here's what we're going to say in just a moment. Lord... Increase my faith. Not increase our faith, but you just say it as a prayer. Lord, increase my faith. What'd you circle? Where do you need that increase? So the count of three with your eyes closed. We're going to say it together, but we're all saying it to the Lord individually as a prayer. We're going to say it couple times. Lord, increase my faith. One, two, three. Lord, increase my faith. One more time. Lord, increase my faith. Last time. Lord, increase my faith. Give him your mustard seed. Give him the thing you need help on. He'll grant you that. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You just take a step. He will come running to you. Say, I've sinned. And I trust you to save my soul. You take that step of faith. He'll forgive you of your sins and come to live inside you. The tree will begin growing in your heart like never before. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, that you're not a harsh taskmaster she just said just just bring me a seed just a mustard seed of faith and i can move mountains i can move trees i can restore things just bring it to him In jesus name amen Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.